today we get a wonderful insight not only to educational methodology but to in, in Torah but also to the development of ideas over the over the time in, in Torah that is so very very interesting uh, so we've got a an unusual piece of piece of Gomorrah it starts at the bottom of Gimel Amud Beis and goes on to Dalad Amud Aleph with the rover talking about different types of rain and how and what the what uh, plants these different types of rains are good for heavy rain light rain and so on and in so t- doing he, he, d- he talks about uh, urpila which is a very light rain which he says um, is good even for parcida de tuticala which is um, the uh, seeds under the thick earth um, and then Rava says, now remember, Rava is, is like the pivot of the whole, Rava and Abaya are the pivot of the whole of Halakhic tradition in the time of the Gomorrah. You remember we learned that, that up until the time of Abaya and Rava, we pass in like the earlier authority. Um, uh, like there's a Rav and a Talmud who disagree, we'll pass in like the Rav. From Abaya and Rava, everything changes and we start passing in Kebatrai, like the later authority. Because Abayah and Rava were the first ones who innovated a method of learning where they go through everything that everybody said and understand it and work it out and then move forward. Whereas previously everybody just learned what their teachers had taught them, what their Rabbeim had taught them. And therefore the Rabbeim are the real authorities, not they. But from Abayah and Rava, they became, the scholars became the real authorities because they, were, they understood everything that had come before them and they went further. So Abayah and Rava are... Um, are really, really important. And then Rava's Talmud is Ravina. One of his Talmudim is Ravina. Ravina is like at the end of the period of the Amoraim, because Ravina and Ravashi put the Gemara together. Ravashi is born the year that Rava dies. So this is the end of the period of the Amoraim, Abai and Rava. We've got Rava here. Um, and it's, it, the, this conversation is actually Rava, Ravina, Ravashi. They all have a conversation about the qualities of a Talmud Chochem, the qualities of a Torah, a, a Torah scholar. Uh, that he has to be tough, that he has to be able to stand for his opinions, he has to be able to uh, be inflexible when he needs to be inflexible, and flexible when he needs to be flexible, and be hard in the way he deals with people, but soft in his heart and his feelings for people. Just some really interesting qualities of a Talmud Chacham. One of the things Rava says here is, Once we're talking about the strange phrase, which is this little seed under the ground, that's like a which Rashi says is a young Talmud Navat. Once he starts growing, he grows. What does that mean? So here you see um, a development from Rabbeinu Hanana, Rabbeinu Gershom, and, and, and Rashi with slight differences in the wording. Very, oh, hello, good, how are you, Rael? Well, welcome back, Shalom Aleichem. Um, with very, very slight differences. So Rabbeinu Hanal, just remember their positioning because these people are very important. Rabbeinu Hananel and Rabbeinu Gershom are bridges from the time of the Geonim, the end of Bovel, into the time of the Rishonim. The Rishonim are in two areas at that, at that time primarily, North Africa, Tunisia, North Africa area, and Europe, Germany and France. Um, that's where the period of the Rishonim developed. North Africa is spearheaded by Rabbeinu Hananel, who has one foot in the world of the Goenim and one foot in the world of the Rishonim, and he starts the North African tradition. Uh, there was already a North African tradition, but he becomes the authority of the North African tradition, from which we get the Rif, who was a, who learned by Rabbeinu Hananel, and then later the Rambam, and that, and that whole school of, of Sephardi thought. 
comes through Rabbeinu Hananel. Rabbeinu Gershom was in Europe. We're not sure if he was born in Europe or he went to Europe, but he, he, he's in Europe and starts the whole Ashkenazi tradition. This is all in the 11th century, 10th century. Um, and the, and Rabbeinu Gershom learns from Rabbeinu Hananel. He's connected and he also learns from Rav Haigon. And Rav Haigon's um, uh, brother-in-law is a Talmud of Rabbeinu Gershom. So there's a close connection between the Go'onim, that, who are the end of the Babylonian period, and the Rishonim, Rabbeinu Hananel and Rabbeinu Gershom, being those two links. Mm-hmm. Rabbeinu Hananel linking North Africa to Babel, to Babel and Rabbeinu Gershom linking Europe to Babel. So they, they're really important. So Rabbeinu Hananel says on the Safila de Tzida de Tutikala, Perusha, Tachat Ha'even Someach, under the, the stone, mm-hmm. a little seed grows under the stone. If you walk out in nature, as we do a lot here in Israel, you see that often during the springtime. You look and you see little things sprouting and you wonder, how is that even possible? Coming from under stones, from in the cracks of stones, little things are sprouting. And a Tamid Chacham as well, Domeli Pritach Evin is like a fruit growing under a stone. Sheshoev Shoev, it draws and it draws water. And once it starts growing, suddenly it's there. It grows suddenly. Says Rabbeinu Hanane. Rabbeinu Gershon, slight difference. Let's see if you notice the difference. Although I've, I've bolded it, it shouldn't be too difficult for you. Given Denavat it breaks forward. The Sahib introduces this idea of Baka. It breaks out and goes out. When his name breaks out into the world. What is Rabbeinu Gershon saying? I disagree with Rabbeinu Hananel. Rabbeinu Hananel says it's, it's sudden. Suddenly he grows. That's not realistic. It's not right. What's right is little by little, all the time it grows. And Rashi, following in this tradition of Rabbeinu Gershom, uh, explains that. Once his name gets out, he steadily grows greater and greater. There's a steady growth. In Rabbeinu Hananel, there's this explosion of growth. And in Rabbeinu Gershom, emphasized by Rashi, is this steady, the slow, steady growth. Interesting how when you look at the three of them, normally we don't just look at Rashi, you look at Rabbeinu Gershom, and when you look at the three of them and you see the, this, the nuances of, of their comment, which give insight into the way they look at education. But the common denominator is what happens before this Talmud Chacham breaks out. And here it's really important because notice, and I've been doing a lot of thinking and talking to people about the whole area of, of PR and publicity and social media, which is new. In the old, in the old world, in the Hasidic world, there was more emphasis on getting the word out. But in the Athenian world, world, there wasn't. There was no PR, there was no advertising, there was no, it was all, people want to learn, they come. Uh, and 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 that's how that's how it was, and you see some of that here. The, the, in all of these cases, Rava is saying, as all of these Rishonim explain, Rava, the, the Talmud Chacham does nothing in the beginning to get his name out. Just like a plant, all of a sudden there's a tree there. What what got the tree there? What converted the little seed into a tree? Nothing. Just its own focus on its own growth. It just grew and grew and grew. Uh, it, it, it got bigger and bigger. But the biggest um, insight into this piece of Gomorrah is from the Murume Sode. The Murume Sode is the Nitziv. So the Nitziv, here we're talking about the 19th century. He kind of spanned the whole of the, of the 19th century. Um, 
And the Nitziv is interesting with this in mind, because the Nitziv wasn't a natural scholar. When he was young, he battled to learn. There were several times in his early career when he, would, when he considered going into business, he thought he just wasn't making it in Torah. Now, early career is like 10, 11, 12, kind of. <laughs> uh, but by, by 13 uh, or, or 15, it might have been. Reb Itzela Valozhin, that's Reb Chaim Valozhin's son. Chaim Valozhin's son, Talmud of the Vilna Goan. Chaim Valozhin's son, Reb Itzela Valozhin, takes the Nitziv as his son-in-law. Marries him to his daughter as a young man. So already you can see that Rebitzel of Alojan saw who the Nitziv was, and the Nitziv becomes, he succeeds, Rebitzel of Alojan. So Rebchai of Alojan founds the Alojan Yeshiva, which is the mother of all Yeshivas in the, in the Lithuanian tradition. Rebitzel of Alojan briefly follows his father, and then the Nitziv is the Rosh Yeshiva for a long period of time, together with, uh, with Rabbi Yoshebe Soloveitchik, the Beis Halevi. Uh, um, and and uh, and later Chaim, and this this grows and develops into the the foundation of our method of learning until this day. So the Nitziv is, is foundational and is and is really really important. Um, also, Reb Meir Barilan, who in the modern Orthodox world is a big name, is the Nitziv son. So you just look at his influence in all the different areas. Um, who the, who the Nitziv is. And look what the Nitziv says. So the Nitziv is now explaining Rav. Like the seed under the ground. The owner has to forget about it. You can't keep on watching it. We over-educate our children. You can't keep on what they're doing and how they're doing and let me go to the teacher's conference and let me talk to them about it and let me leave them alone. Let them let them rot. That means let them struggle. It's okay. That struggle is what's going to make them. Don't keep on stepping in. What do they call them? Helicopter parents. Don't keep on stepping in to take away the struggle. How will a plant grow if every time it starts to decay, the farmer goes in and tries to fix it and stopping it from decay? It will never grow. Leave the seed alone. Just water the sand. Create an environment for him. That's the parent and the educator's responsibility. To create an environment and leave the child alone. The child will get educated by him or herself. Not to keep on looking to see how's it rotting, how's the how's the how's the decay going. Just let it decay. Don't look at it. Keep it buried. And that's how this recavon, this the struggle, turns into growth. If you just leave it alone, you've created a safe environment. It's not saying that don't don't be involved. Create a safe environment for the child. Put the child in a good school with good teachers, good environment, and then just take a step back and let the child work it out. has to suffer. Sorry, guys, says the Nitziv, that's the reality. You can't be comfortable and become a Talmud Chochem. You're going to go through hardship. And anybody who's been through the yeshiva system knows that it's proper, real serious learning. There are times of depression. There are times of sadness. There are times of desperation. There are times of wanting to give up. And you've just got to work through that. You've just got to work through that. So my father's yard side today. We'll speak about him later on in the, in the shir. 
uh, and the learning should be in Ili uh, Nishmoso. But I remember how he used to encourage me through those difficult times and how difficult they were. A South African boy in an Israeli yeshiva uh, where nobody spoke English and I didn't speak Hebrew. What was that like? Learning Gomorrah at a pace and at a level I'd never seen before. With, with people who already knew hundreds of daf of Gomorrah and I knew nothing. And, and, and just sitting it out, staying there, buried under the ground, until little by little you start growing. And he has to be oppressed by his teachers, by the environment. You say it's, it's oppressive. Yes, it's meant to be oppressive. Not, oh, you terrible thing, the school is impressive. The yeshiva is oppressive. You say, yes. Good, it's oppressive. That means growth is possible. If it's a comfortable, these yeshivas that the American boys go to for a year or two after, and it's got to be comfortable, and there's got to be a gym, and there's got to be a basketball court, and the, bed, and the beds have to be comfortable, and the meals have to be provided. It's got to be comfortable meals. You know no Tamidi Chachomim are going to come out of that. It's a holding station for kids who need a place to, to wait out a year or two after school until they mature enough to to do something else with their lives. But they're not going to become Tamid Echachomim. Some will be fortunate enough from there to go to a real yeshiva and become a Tamid Echachomim. But that's, that's not where you're going to come. This is the educator of our era, the Natsif. The man responsible for all of Torah education today, the Natsif. And then he starts to grow. And then his honor goes out into the world. Not through PR, and not through social media, and not through advertising with respect to Grant. But your, your clients, I hope, are not Tambide Chachomim. I hope you've got real businesses as clients. And they, they pay you to do proper PR and marketing as they need to do. But that's not, for, that's not how Tambide Chachomim works. I think from, from in, in, in Mitzrayim there was, wasn't Nogshim. Nogshim. It's also, they, they're driven. They're driven, oppressed, oppressed and driven. Nogash. Oh, yes, Nogash. You're right, Nogash. Shitzmach v'yetzel l'or kvodor. And then his honor goes out into the world. It happens naturally, just like a tree grows. A little seed says, a little seed, I don't want to rot, I want to be comfortable. So how will anybody ever know about you? I'll get some digital marketer to put me out on Facebook. That, that's what it is today, is these little seeds that don't ever become anything. They remain little seeds, and they put out pictures of big trees. And, and, and people look at the illusions and the pictures of the big trees, but they're just little seeds that haven't been through the process, that haven't been through the, the development. This is developmental, and it's really important to understand. Learning is not informational. It's informational as well, but that's not what it's really about. Learning is developmental. It's about what's happening to you. And uh, when I come back from an overseas trip, I want to talk to some of you about joining a, a Chabura of, of Talmidim here that, that are interested in development. And that it doesn't need longer. It's not a question of how long we're learning. You're learning every morning. It's a lot already. Maybe once a week we'll restart the once a week shoe that we were talking about. With, but, but Talmidim who are interested in development. In development. It's not just that I want to go to another shoe or I want to learn another Black Gemara. I want to grow as a Talmud Chochem. I want to grow as a Ben Torah. I want my thinking and my character to, to develop, that we can grow together, and we can have a growth laboratory here. We can have a, what do they call them in the tech world? Um, incubator. Incubate. We'll have an incubator of, of Torah character in Rhinana and incubate some big people, 
some people who think in Torah as brilliantly as they think in their professions and in and in business. That's what I would do. But it doesn't matter if there are five people in the incubator or three people or 20 people. It doesn't matter. Those are the people who change the face of the town and, and beyond that. Because then people will grow and the city will grow and the, the or will go out into the, into the world as a natural consequence of inner growth. The Yetzela Orkvador is not the consequence of outer marketing. It's the consequence of, of inner growth. What an unbelievable little piece of Gomorrah. One line at the top of Daf at Daf Dalad Amadalif.